You're now listening to Crypto with Kark. Alrighty, looks like we have uh, a decent amount of people are piling in. Um, if anybody comes in late, uh, we'll catch them up. Pleasure to meet you. I'm David, also known as Kark. And to whom am I speaking with? Uh, my name is Simon. I'm the CEO of Bridge. Welcome, Simon. It's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I appreciate uh, you going out of your way to uh, do this AMA. It's a pleasure. Great. Well, um, for, for those of you in the audience, uh, what we'd like to do is anytime that we have a new listing on the All for One app, uh, we'd like to put an AMA together so that people understand a little bit more about the projects that are listed with us. Um, so appreciate you uh, taking the time today and uh, love to hear a little bit more about Bridge. So if you let's just uh, spend a couple of minutes and why don't you uh, introduce us the best you can. Wonderful. Yeah. So hello, everybody. My name is Simon Popov. Um, I'm the CEO of Bridge and uh, super excited to be on this AMA today and uh, to share with you um, what we have in the works and, and what our project is to begin with. So, um, yeah, I'll just go ahead and explain what Bridge is first, and then uh, we'll go on into, you know, more technicalities and stuff like that. Um, essentially, Bridge is a project that we created in order to bridge the world of the fiat and crypto. So we have our dividends and we they're four percent BUSD dividends, which is great, and we use that as a hedge against inflation, which I'll get into a little later as well. Um, but the actual big vision of Bridge is to create a, an on-demand crypto to fiat payment system. So, what we realized um, was that in today's world and today's technology, even though there have been attempts and, and different approaches to creating a bridge between fiat and crypto. None of them have been uh, done efficiently or, or they were just done incorrectly in our opinion. So um, take crypto.com, for example, love what they're doing. And they're obviously leaders in the space when it comes to um, an approach to crypto to fiat uh, with their payment card. But where we found in inefficiencies was that you actually have to load up the prepaid visa debit uh, with fiat of your choice or, or whatever it is. So um, that in our eyes was the most efficient approach to, you know, speeding up that adoption um, to the point where people can actually use their crypto to purchase things in the real world, like groceries or pay their bills or, or just to go on a night out. You know what I mean? There, there hasn't been that um, efficient bridge yet. So, um, we created a blueprint on how we can be really the first ones to incorporate this system where people can go and take their BRG or their BUSD dividends and actually spend it in the real world. So um, before I get into all the technicalities and stuff like that, uh, myself and a few other people on the core team, we, we actually do come from a financial background. We uh, we work in the financial field. I personally own a capital management firm here in Canada. So um, we, we understand very well uh, what has to go into creating a system like this, where you're basically making traditional banking obsolete uh, by allowing users to basically pay for everything with their crypto or their BRG or BUSD. So um, 
we understand that creating a system like this is not cheap and it's not easy. However, uh, we're very committed and we've already sourced a, a team of people to um, help us uh, make this come into fruition because something like this is definitely um, going to change uh, the crypto world as we know it today. Uh, when you can wake up and go and use your bridge card to just, you know, get yourself some groceries or get yourself a coffee on the way to work or fill up your gas tank. That's something that um, we feel would open up a lot of new doors in the crypto space in general um, and, and will begin a new wave of innovative developments that have not been yet done. So um, any anything uh, you'd like to add on before I just jump into like the technicalities of everything or should I just go ahead and do that? Yeah, I got some questions. So, um, so I, I obviously live in the land of decentralization, right? And so whenever I hear about something like, oh, well, we're, we're trying to bridge between the fiat world, you know, which is heavily centralized, um, to the uh, decentralized world, and you want to do it in a way that's better, uh, my ears perk up, right? Um, I didn't see anything on your website that kind of alluded to that fact. So are you planning on doing sort of like a, a fiat on-ramping system of any sort? Is that kind of what I'm hearing or is it more of like uh, just utilizing um, the rewards that you get from your token? Yeah. So um, the actual fiat on-ramp where people can right now we're working on a fiat on-ramp for our website where people, where people can go and purchase BRG with their debit card, but the actual big vision, the end goal um, with uh, bridge is for people to be able to spend their bridge in the real world. Now, we had a lot of um, questions raised and concerns and people were asking us how we plan on doing this and how we plan on doing this with um, all of the regulation that comes into play. Uh, and if we would get into problems with the SEC and stuff like that. And um, obviously, these are all questions we had to ask ourselves before we even dove into this concept. So um, essentially, the process is going to work as follows. Somebody goes and takes uh, the bridge card that we will develop. Uh, obviously, that's going to be later on because, uh, like I said, it's not cheap and it's not easy to develop a system like this. But the, the process will go as follows. Someone takes their bridge card and um, they go to the grocery store, for example. They are about to pay for their groceries and they tap their bridge card or swipe or insert or whatever process they decide to go ahead with. And what happens in that few seconds that the transaction is actually being verified is that um, their bridge is actually converted into their currency of choice, uh, their fiat currency of choice through a middleman, which, which will basically be our cash liquidity. Um, that middleman, whether it's a partnership with, um, with a pay payment company or we're still looking into that right now, but um, it, it's basically like an on-demand exchange. So as far as, getting into problems with the sec and stuff like that we wouldn't get into any problems because technically what's happening is just an on-demand um super quick exchange from brg in, into uh fiat currency of choice uh what this also allows uh, to happen is people can actually start earning dividends from everyone just using the bridge card because our dividends are transactional um we understand that when it's low volume uh you don't get as much uh, of these BUSD dividends. But what ends up happening is that there's going to be a constant flow of volume. Once people start using the bridge card and they start going to the store, or they just use it to pay bills, there's going to be a constant flow of volume and a constant flow of dividends. So um, people will be actually earning from the usage of these bridge cards, which is amazing. 
uh, and we haven't seen that yet. But yeah, as far as the actual process goes, uh, it, it's basically like a, a light speed um, transaction from BRG into fiat, like an exchange, basically. Um, and our plan is to have that adopted globally. So uh, as far as regulations go, it follows all regulations because we're not um, doing anything besides creating an on-demand exchange specifically for uh, BRG. Okay, I'm intensely interested in the actual like uh, technical aspects on how you're doing that with the card. Are you are you planning on using like a regular Visa or MasterCard um, type of type of getup, or are you planning on like going to realtors and uh, retailers and like putting installing like POS systems? Like how how are you envisioning this uh, from a from a technical standpoint? I'm, I'm still a little fuzzy on the details. Yeah. So um, as far as um, the whole process, there has to be a middleman or, or a cash liquidity supplier, basically someone that will allow this exchange to go through instantly. Um, we have our BRG and then we also now need uh, the fiat currency to be um, to have an even exchange of both when these transactions are taking place. So um, for that right now, we are sourcing uh, a partnership with a payment platform, whether it's something along the lines of PayPal or Cash App or something like that, where they will essentially act as our middleman that will allow that transaction to go through of that instant conversion from BNB in, uh, or sorry, BRG or BUSD into uh, fiat currency of choice. Obviously, uh, we're not going to be able to include every single fiat currency uh, straight off the bat, but um, as we uh, move on with developments and stuff like that, people will be able to use most currencies available in today's market. But uh, yeah, as far as um, as far as the actual process, there will be a middleman supplying that liquidity from BRG to uh, fiat. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, that makes that makes some sense. I was just trying to tease apart some of the details because uh, that's a complicated process. Obviously, and you need a, a little bit of centralization and. Um, and I, I know that there are some providers and partners out there that you could use to uh, pay, um, you know, pay with a crypto card. Right. I just uh, was wondering exactly how that process would work. And I guess if you if you are selling down your token down to the underlying BNB, um, then you could just link up with any sort of fiat off ramper at that point to exchange the BNB for fiat. So that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's not an easy process, and uh, we're very prepared for that. Um, especially something like this, where we know that if we do it right, it can really just completely shift the the world of crypto. Um, we're very prepared for that kind of um, work and stuff like that. Uh, we know it's not going to be easy, and and it's not going to be cheap at all. Uh, based off of the numbers we ran, the, the only reason we uh, decided to start. Um, fully implementing these developments into um, you know beta phases and stuff like that at a hundred million dollar market cap is because uh, number one it's not cheap to develop um, these are government level developers that we have on board and uh, you know they cost quite a bit of money to um, you know finish the work for us and get the system up and running as well as finding that partnership with that middleman who can provide that liquidity. Um, that's also not cheap. And, and just the whole process of things is not um, an easy one at all. We understand that. However, uh, we're willing to take that risk 
um, because we understand that it's inevitable for crypto to be um, adopted in the real world. And it's inevitable that at some point um, crypto will be as normal as normal of a part of people's days as pretty much anything else like driving to work or you know getting groceries and stuff like that crypto is just going to be as normal as that at some point so um for us it's uh not so much about being the first ones to do it but being uh that first initial push into a new phase of what crypto can be and what crypto will be so that's sort of um our outlook on all of this Okay, no, I appreciate you taking the time to to clarify that because so that's more of like your long term vision, right? I mean, this yes. is um, based off your roadmap. This would be the the phase six financial freedom section that you have. I'm assuming. Yeah, so that's that's like our uh, big goal, big vision. That's what Bridge is basically going to be once we reach that point. That's what we'll be known for. Okay, so zooming in a little bit more on the details on the here and now, then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, I wasn't able to access your white paper from your website. So unfortunately I wasn't able to, to go over some of the details on that, but could you just take a, a moment to explain to our listeners, um, your tokenomics and just some of the, the roadmap items that you have? Yeah. So, um, our tokenomics are, are very simple. We have a 10% buy and sell fee, um, so 4% goes to those BUSD dividends. So anyone simply holding tokens uh, gets those dividends. Obviously, depending on how many tokens you hold, that will basically ultimately tell you uh, how much dividends you'll be receiving. But dividends are also dependent on volume and that higher market caps, people will be earning a higher amount of dividends because people will be buying and selling larger amounts of BRG tokens. Um, then we have 3% for marketing and uh, 3% as uh, the other portion of it. I can actually pull it up on the website. I'm not sure if I'm able to share my screen on uh, Twitter spaces. Um, no, but I believe you can um, uh, post, a, post a link. But honestly, I've never done it before within a Twitter space. So. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I have the website up on my computer, so... Um, yeah, so like I was saying, we have the 4% BUSD rewards, the 3% to marketing. Uh, the marketing wallet is also used for uh, developments, like we have a web app coming and stuff like that. And then the other 3% is uh, just simply going into liquidity. Um, now, I actually want to touch on the liquidity portion of things because um, we've had a lot of questions of anyone uh, who's about to invest in the project always looks at the chart as a part of their um, you know, process of making that decision of whether they should invest or not. Um, this is our, we just started our third week after release. So we're, we're brand new on the market and, um, something completely unexpected happened on the third or fourth day. We actually hit an $800,000 market cap, which was just completely crazy to us because at that point we still haven't had anything, um, big in development like KYC or NFTs and stuff like that. We still didn't have that. So for us to hit that kind of market cap, um, was crazy to us, but, at the time, we were only sitting at about a 4% um, LP, whereas right now we're sitting at 14 to 15%. And um, our goal is to push that up to about 20 to 25% uh, so we can ensure stability long term at higher market caps. But um, 
yeah, the, the LP is automatically filled, but we will also go ahead and uh, take a portion of the money we make from our NFTs. We're going to manually throw that into the LP as well until we reach um, our goal of like 20 to 25% in that LP. But um, as far as the tokenomics go, they're pretty simple. Um, you have your BUSD dividends, you have your percentage that goes into marketing, and then uh, our LP. So um, we didn't want to overcomplicate things with uh, the tokenomics. Like I've seen some crazy tokenomics where it's like 1% goes here and then 2% goes there. And they have like a split of like into six different sections where the tokenomics go. Um, it's effective, but uh, we felt like it, it, there's just not much point for us to go crazy with the tokenomics when things can be kept simple and efficient, uh, which we actually say on our website. It's just simple and efficient tokenomics, and it uh, allows us to uphold the project properly with the LP, the marketing, developing uh, funds, and then the BUSD dividends. So uh, we felt that a 10% buy and sell was uh, perfect for what we were going for. Okay, um, you did mention NFTs in there. Um, that kind of caught me by surprise. Um, so what are you doing with NFTs? Yeah, so uh, the NFTs, uh, we're actually just going through our final confirmations before um, basically publicly announcing uh, that they're up for sale. Uh, right now, the NFTs, um, will all the money that's made from the NFTs will go into development and LP and, and marketing and stuff like that. So... Um, that's going to allow user like people that purchase the NFT, they can actually trade those NFTs. They can buy and sell them, make money off of that. And how the project benefits from it is uh, we actually have funds, more funds to put into our LP, strengthen the LP, um, pay for larger marketing campaigns. Uh, we've had a pretty aggressive marketing campaign straight off the bat, but you know, these NFTs open doors to even bigger marketing partnerships and stuff like that. So it's a win-win for both. Um, they'll be officially announced as soon as we get our last few confirmations and uh, we'll be releasing about a hundred a day or so. Um, there's only going to be 500 of them and prices vary based on rarity. Uh, since they're all unique and hand drawn, they weren't run through a generator uh, like a lot of NFTs are these days. Um, that's why there's only 500 completely unique hand-drawn NFTs. And, and every single penny that uh, comes from those NFTs is going right back into the project's development. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's just uh, you or me, but uh, you seem to have stopped talking, maybe some connection issues. Oh, give uh, a second. No, I can still hear him, David. Okay, maybe it's on my end. Um, um, so do you have a, a visual of what the NFTs um, look like or can you describe them? Because I always I love the art and the artistic aspect of NFTs. And I think, you know, obviously that's what first impression gets people's attention. So, um, yeah. Um, so I don't actually have any on my computer because uh, the artist uh, has all of them, but um, I can explain them. So we actually went for a, a more of a pop art style. Um, we understand that um, right now it's 3D NFTs and stuff like that are really booming. Um, however, we wanted to go with a more um, pop art style NFT. And essentially, it's um, it's a bridge version of Iron Man in pop art style with, with different crazy add-ons and stuff like that and um, different uh, rare aspects. 
uh, and each one was completely unique, which uh, which is crazy. Our artist just blew it out of the park uh, with um, how quickly she made them and, and how amazing they came out. Uh, they're all just 500 unique NFTs. We didn't want to do any more than that because uh, that, as it is, 500 unique NFTs was a huge workload for her. But um, I saw some samples uh, before we sent them in for some confirmations, and they they looked amazing. So uh, we're really excited to drop those. And uh, we actually have um, a, a marketing campaign uh, that we're preparing for the NFTs. So we're basically utilizing as much of uh, this marketing as we can for every aspect of the project because we know that marketing is important. Um, but doing it correctly is something that not a lot of uh, projects or, or NFT creators can do. So um, that's why. We're super excited um, for these NFTs. And these NFTs are obviously, like I said, a gateway to bigger partnerships and bigger marketing campaigns and stuff like that. And we're basically just uh, building a, uh, a big bridge ecosystem, which is really exciting because it's only our third week in and we've already managed to do so much. Uh, I have a small list here of what we've gotten done so far. So we had our KYC done with the PSI team. We have our NFTs. Uh, we're right now working through uh, an LP farming partnership with uh, the Sidex team as well. Um, we have our web app on the way. On the way, we have a fiat on ramp that we're working on for our website. So we actually do have a swap on our website. However, we also want a um, fiat on ramp on on there, so people can purchase with their debit cards. They can purchase the uh, BRG token. Um, yeah, I mean, we locked. We basically locked LP forever. Uh, our contract is renounced. Uh, we're basically trying to set a standard for safety uh, when it comes to projects, because as you know, and as we know, uh, right now in the BSC space, there's a bit of an issue with um, safety and protocols that projects should follow, but don't. Um, and uh, we're trying to uh, make a change to that like your, your project uh, uh, is huge and um what you guys have done safety wise is amazing and we're trying to follow that same path where uh we set a standard for what safety should look like in the bsc space and, and just the crypto space in general um so when investors go and find other projects to invest in and um put their money in they now have an idea of what they should look for when it comes to safety in a project um because we the first right off the bat, the first thing we said when we were creating the contract was like, this has to be an extremely safe project for the users, because um, that's one of the biggest problems in the space right now is safety and understanding um, what kind of safety protocols should be in place. Yeah, we absolutely agree. Um, do you guys, in addition to your KYC, do you have an audit? So for for the audit, uh, we're actually um, going with Certic at around 20 to $30 million market cap. We understand that um, doing an audit is extremely important, and we're all for it. That's, that's why I doxed myself. That's why we went with the KYC and everything. We understand that it's super, super important. So we decided to go with Certic exclusively for the audit. Uh, we understand that it'll take a bit of time for us to get to that 20 to $30 million market cap range. Um, however, we also understand that when it comes to audits, Certic is one of the best in the game. So 
uh, going with them exclusively right off the bat when we reach that level uh, would be the best option. And doing an audit before that is smart and uh, it's a good idea, but essentially it's it would be um, a waste of funds at that point if we're already planning to go with Certic. And uh, I've actually reached out to the Certic team and stuff like that, and we informed them that at, um, at that market cap, uh, we will be going with them for uh, the audit, so... That's great. Yeah, we understand. It's um, <laughs> it's a large chunk of change for that Certic audit. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think last time I checked when I was talking to them, it was about 20,000 US. So uh, not cheap, but worth it. Absolutely. Um, David, do you have any other questions? Uh, yeah, can you can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, awesome. So one thing that I noticed that was quite interesting is that you have a maximum um, wallet limit. Can yep. you tell our listeners a little bit more about that and your reasoning behind it? Absolutely. Yeah. So um, these this max, max wallet system is actually a bit of a new thing uh, in the space that we've been seeing. However, we um, made it a bit smaller than what it usually is. Usually you see like 1% or 2%. We actually had hours at 0.5%. So uh, first and foremost, uh, what it does for investors is ensure even more safety than than we're already insuring. And how it does that is by creating um, an anti-whale feature. So one problem that I've noticed, even when I was investing my personal funds, uh, just, you know, building my own portfolio in the BSC space is that um, there are times when someone with a huge chunk of change, they come into the project and they buy up like 10 or 15% of the circulating supply. And um, at some point they're going to start taking profits and those, what they're taking out is not a small chunk. It's, it's, you know, 10 to 15%. And uh, it it does really crazy stuff to the chart and uh, creates this um, strange energy around the project and people start to FUD and, they're asking about, well, is that the developer wallet or whatever? And no matter how many times you explain it to the investors, um, there's still that uncertainty. Um, so what that does is essentially create equal opportunity for everyone. Obviously, as market cap grows, uh, Max Wallet becomes more expensive. Uh, right now, it's uh, 500,000 tokens. So right now, that costs about 250 US dollars, if I'm not mistaken. But at our all-time high, that cost about $3,200. So uh, the actual max wallet gets more expensive. But that also, now that we have a stronger LP and we'll continue to strengthen our LP, that also means that, let's say, a owner of a max wallet one day at higher market caps decides to liquidate his whole wallet for whatever reason, uh, it doesn't impact the chart and the price as much as it would if that were... 5% 5% that he was holding or 10% of circulating supply. Um, since we already have a very limited supply of 100 million, um, we felt that going with this max wallet system not only creates equal opportunity, but um, ensures more safety to the other investors. Um, because we all know that um, at some point during a project's development, there is going to be somebody that comes, win- comes in and uh, buys up a huge amount. So, we want to ensure that everyone has equal opportunity. Everyone is safe from uh, whales dumping. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's why we went with the Maxwell system. We know it's not very traditional. Um, 
but we also understood that it would be necessary since in comparison to a lot of new projects in the BSC space, our supply is tiny compared to them. So that's why we went uh, with the Max Wallet system. Okay, and uh, I'll just, uh, I have to ask, um, just because it's burning in my mind and I like to be a devil's advocate. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a developer and I like to find um, loopholes in systems. I mean, couldn't someone just go through and set up like 10 different wallets and just buy the max limit out? It, all this really does is make it a little bit more difficult for someone like that, right? Yeah, so um, obviously <laughs> there's only so much we can do to prevent whales from dumping. This is one of those things. But yeah, I mean, people can go and buy up 10 max wallets on separate wallets and have to create individual new wallets for it. That's uh, absolutely possible. And uh, some people have already realized that and they started doing that. But um, what that prevents uh, from happening is someone taking, let's say, a full not if, if we didn't have that max wallet system and people were just buying up as much as they wanted um, and someone owned per se five or 10%, what that prevents uh, from happening is that person taking and liquidating everything they had. So uh, instead of it being like 5% that they're liquid. Now it's just uh, 0.5%. So, um, yeah, people can take advantage of that loophole, but at the same time, every time someone buys a max wallet, it increases price exponentially. So at, at a certain point, um, when we get to, uh, let's say, our $100 million market cap level, uh, where we start developing this uh, big vision of ours, it, it'll be extremely expensive to um, get a max If we didn't have that max wallet system and people were buying up now and then trying to sell when we're at our goal, um, that could create a lot of problems for the chart as far as people going liquidating, let's say, 5% or 10%. So what this max wallet system allows us to do right now is we market cap is right now at about 42000 I believe. So um, people can buy uh, at a fairly reasonable price right now these max wallets. But once we get to those high levels, we ensure that uh, those same people that bought very cheap, um, if they decide to liquidate, they're not liquidating like 5% of circulating supply. They're only liquidating about 0.5%, even if it's uh, spread out through a bunch of different wallets and they have a few wallets with max wallets, on, like max amount of tokens on them. It sort of slows down that process of basically dumping on the chart, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, it, sorry, I, it's been completely breaking up for me. So I caught most of that. Hopefully, it's okay for everyone uh, else just here too. Cut out. I didn't really hear that. I, oh. I hear both of you, but it is um, a little glitchy. Yeah, I'm not uh, not sure what's happening. Um, hello? Testing, one, two, three. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, 
I can hear you loud and clear. Uh, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, I can, I can hear you now. Okay, I don't know what's going on with that, but yeah, glad that cleared up. Uh, hopefully for those of you guys listening that that was okay. Thanks for being patient as we have technical difficulties. Um, so I'd like to ask you, Simon, how you guys plan to spend your marketing. Obviously, you don't have to give the whole shebang away, but um, just kind of generally how you guys plan to focus your marketing efforts and where you're going to do that so that uh, useless can, you know, help you out if it's possible with like tweets, if Twitter's your thing or Reddit or, or so on. Yeah, so absolutely. So um First and foremost, uh, what we've realized is we've been in the BSC space for a while. What we've realized was that a lot of projects right now are hyper-focusing on calls and stuff like that. And while those are great when a project first launches, uh, it's not really um, effective long-term. So um, we've also came to realize that ads, uh, they're amazing, um, but some actually a lot of people have ad blockers so it's hard for people to see that so what we've actually re uh, came to realize was that uh youtube um instagram and and twitter and places like this those are probably the best places where uh you can advertise a project and the, what what they're doing and stuff like that so uh we're actually going to be stepping away from uh callers for a while and actually starting to hyper focus on Places like TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, social medias like that, we feel can uh, bring us a really, a really long way. Um, so that's that's where we're going to be uh, focusing our marketing efforts uh, for our campaign. Uh, we have some people on Twitter lined up. We have a few Instagram influencers that we're going to be working with as well. And same goes for TikTok and YouTube. Um, Obviously, marketing like that isn't isn't cheap. So, um, NFTs the the money that we make from the NFTs will help a lot with that. But uh, yeah, we're we're sort of going to be stepping a little bit away from callers and stuff like that, and moving more towards an aggressive marketing campaign on social medias. We also do have a few surprises coming as far as marketing goes. I can't give it away right now, but it does have something to do with Times Square and stuff like that. So that'll come a bit later. Um, obviously, that is not cheap by any means so um we're working towards that right now and we do have uh marketing consultants working with us in the back end so um they're they're constantly giving us tips and advice on on what we should focus on so yeah we, we have a a whole lineup of marketing stuff like that however we will be um taking on social media more aggressively in, in the coming weeks It sounds great. Um, yeah, we uh, were mainly a community-driven project, so we really relied a lot on um, free things. So <laughs> it's nice to hear um, a planned budget and a planned, you know, way to spend that money. Um, especially having a marketing wallet, the NFTs obviously generate money for that, and. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they continue to generate money with the royalty, right? Even as they change hands. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's a small it's a small percentage, but uh, we, we constantly have uh, money coming in for marketing through our tokens, uh, tokenomics and through the NFTs. So um, there will be constant marketing going on. It's just we want to execute on the bigger marketing first before we sort of 
create an automated marketing system. Uh, we, we want to make as much of an impact on the social media marketing and then that, the real world marketing, like I said, with Times Square stuff coming down soon. And um, we want to make as much of an impact first before we uh, automate that marketing system through Twitter and stuff like that. Awesome. And if you guys have a like an ideal celebrity or influencer in mind, you know, like money is no object. Who is your main bridge finance spokesperson? Uh, to be completely honest, I, I love that you asked that question because um, we're, we're actually in the process of um, getting calls lined up with, with these uh, bigger influencers. Um, first and foremost would probably have to be Gary Vee. Um just not only from an NFT perspective, but uh, he, he's known for catching on to innovative things early on. So having him uh, by our side as, as far as marketing goes, he would definitely be our uh, number one pick. Um, and, and then obviously for the more um, entertain and entertainment side of uh, marketing, we'd probably go with uh, Jordan Belfort. Um, not so much for the um, seriousness of it, but just the fact that Jordan Belfort is speaking on bridge and he was uh, a huge, um, huge guy in the finance field. So um, having guys like that on board would be awesome. Obviously, uh, we also know that uh, people like Logan Paul and all of that stuff, they're, they're huge in the industry. But uh, from what we've heard recently, there were some hiccups with legal issues with them. So we're not sure if going with them right now would be the best idea. Um, just because we don't, we, not only do we know, not only do we not know, I should say, what the process is looking like with their legal issues. We also don't know how that would reflect on our project. So um, that's sort of uh, a still question questionable what's going on there. But um, yeah, uh, number one would have to be Gary Vee. Um, and then uh, I guess we, if uh, we get to Gary Vee uh, at some point, then from there we'll, we'll probably have his insight on who to, who to go with next. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah, um, I'm actually in the middle of reading one of Jordan Belfort's books right now. So he is just as entertaining on the page as he is in person yep. on the TikTok and everything. Um, and David, are you back? Um, yeah, I'm having some internet issues. So can you hear me okay? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, one question I wanted to ask is if, you're, if your contract, is it um, written from scratch? Is it kind of forked and lightly tweaked from another contract or is it forked and heavily tweaked from another contract? So I wasn't actually the one who developed the contract. That was our contract dev. He, he um, basically made that contract what it is today. Um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, this contract was written from scratch on uh, solidity. I believe it's called. So uh, that's, that's what, um, what, what I was told and what I've seen. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure this contract is made completely from scratch with our tweaks and, and what we'd like inside of it, like the auto dividend system, the auto LP and stuff like that. Okay. Sorry, not the auto dividend, the transactional dividend. And um, and you mentioned security a few times. Hopefully, I didn't interrupt you because of my connection. Oh no no no! Can... Yeah, go ahead. 
Um, yeah, because sorry, I'm just like it is really hard to to conduct an interview when oh my gosh, like my internet is going all over the place. So my apologies about that. Um, so do you um, for your um, for your organization? Um, do you have like uh, an actual corporate entity behind it or a multi signature wallet to secure your funds? Um, like what kind of security measures have you put in place besides just uh, locking the LP and um, doxing yourself? Uh, we had a KYC done for the project. Um, right now we are in a corporate entity, but uh, once it comes time to, you know, start developing more serious visions that we've talked about earlier at that point, uh, we do plan to actually register um, bridge as a legal company. Uh, a finance company so we understand that there's a lot of paperwork and, and, and lawyers and stuff that had to go into it. it it wouldn't be my first time registering a, a finance company and uh, I know my way around it and, and what things are really important to have done um, but uh, as, as of right now it, it is not a corporate entity but uh, that's something we will be uh, taking care of in the near future awesome thanks um, Jackie, you may have to take it away. Yeah, um, I think we just, um, unless there's anything else that you want to share with everybody, anything else you want to leave them with, I would like to open it up to uh, the crowd and see if they have any questions, um, if they'd like to ask. Well, I think we've actually covered pretty much everything that's happened in the past three weeks, and uh, we've also covered... Uh, future plans and developments and innovations. So uh, I think we can go right ahead and uh, get to the questions. Yeah. Sweet. Um, if anyone has any questions, you guys can raise your hand and I will add your speaker um, or just request to speak and I'll go ahead and approve it. And Simon, what is your most currently like the most active social media for bridge finance? Where's the one that people can go and just almost immediately get a question answered? So right now, uh, Telegram would, would be the most active one. And that's actually where I spend uh, a lot of the time answering questions. Uh, we make a, a, a huge effort to filter people into the Telegram because that's where me and the rest of the core team spend most of our time answering questions and uh we pretty much respond instantly almost instantly when when someone has a concern or an inquiry about inquiry about something so we're, we're always on the telegram so i would advise anyone that uh, does have questions later on uh down the road to um ask them in our telegram i'm always active i'm always communicating with our investors and stuff like that explaining things that need explanation so yeah telegram would be the one Great. And is there, I know crypto is like a big, you know, international community of people from all over, but is there a community of people or, or from a particular culture or area of the world that you were not expecting have become um, bridge finance fans? Um, well, our goal initially was to make bridge as accessible as possible to anyone uh, we try and make it as diverse as possible um so right when we launched we actually made a couple of group chats um for different cultures and backgrounds and stuff like that uh most most people are active in, in the main chat um however we do have uh the option of um the international chats as well but um 
we've just uh, we've been um, basically flooded with people of all sorts of different backgrounds and cultures, and uh, we're happy that uh, they're a part of it. Um, I wasn't really surprised by a certain culture or background. I, I was just overall ecstatic about seeing um, the amazing diversification that we've had with cultural backgrounds in the main chat and in other chats as well. So um, nothing that really in particular surprised me, just overall happy to see um, how far crypto has come in general over the past, just over a decade um, and, and how it's been able to be ex- accessed by pretty much anybody, uh, anybody with a phone or a laptop, they can uh, take part in something truly amazing. So, yeah. That's great. Um, so I don't, see any questions um and i know we've covered everything and you guys are super new um how did you find out about useless and want to be on eclipse so actually i've been watching you guys develop for a while but the actual idea of listing with you guys which i I didn't know was possible um was actually brought up by uh one of our investors i'm pretty sure he's actually here listening uh he proposed the idea in the main chat and uh I didn't even know that was possible at the time. And I was like, really, we can do that. So I messaged them pretty much right away. And I'm like, uh, how, how do I do it? Like, what do we have to do? Let's get it done as quick as possible. And uh, then um, I believe it was Nicholas that I reached out to or Nicholas reached out to me. I, I don't remember exactly how it went. But uh, yeah, we, we got that done pretty much the same day uh, as it was mentioned. So um I've been watching you guys for a while and what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And it's honestly an honor uh, for us to be working with you guys uh, on your app and then like being listed on your app and uh, having this AMA with you guys. All of it is just truly amazing because um, you guys have inspired us uh, to really push innovation as far as we can uh, and to continue to push innovation later on when it comes to uh, starting to develop our vision and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, we're super flattered that, you know, this app started as something just kind of like, a, oh, what does the space need? And now we're, you know, able to bring attention to brand new projects um, that, you know, rightfully deserve eyes and more eyes than um, are easy to go ahead and get on something like the loud, noisy spaces of Twitter and Reddit. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for listening with us and for being a part of Eclipse. And um, for anybody who doesn't know how Eclipse works, um, you buy useless tokens uh, or or BSC, I believe. Sorry, I didn't make the app. But um, <laughs> you would select Bridge Finance and you would send tokens to their contract and that raises their rank. And you will be able to see the amount of tokens that they would require in order to eclipse the others and get to the top of the list. So, um, yeah, it's, it's great because instead of just hitting one like or one, you know, one upvote, you, you have a say, if you wanted to really, really get to the top of the list, it would just be one fell swoop. So, um, a really cool way to get some attention for each project. And we know that it's uh, a little bit difficult and cumbersome, um, for communities to, uh, send, useless or BSC to the Eclipse contracts to bump up the ranking. And so once we have our wallet integrated into our app, um, we are going to be working on some features to allow people to do that in the all for one app without having to go outside or figure out the contract address and where to actually send the useless or the BSC in order to, to bump up a tokens rankings in the list. 
Yeah, I actually uh, love that system you guys have uh, created, and it's it's truly amazing what you guys are doing. So we're happy to be uh, a, a part of Eclipse and uh, working closely with you guys. Well, this has just been so informative. We're really, really thrilled to have had you on today. Um, I think if nobody uh, has any questions, then I think we can wrap this up. It's been about an hour. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean, uh, if anyone has any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Uh, but if not, uh, uh, it's been a pleasure and honor uh, hopping on the CMA with you guys and explaining who we are and, and what we're about. Uh, because we what you guys are doing is great and uh, giving us this opportunity is, is, is huge because getting that kind of exposure early on in a project's launch is, is really hard. So uh, you guys giving us this opportunity is huge and we appreciate it, appreciate it greatly. Well, thanks for wanting to be a part of Eclipse and yeah, we wish you guys uh, all the luck on your way to the moon or the sun, whichever, whichever one you're going to. <laughs> Okay. And I have to say this, um, it is a disclaimer, so I, I don't want to like, um, yeah, I, I think we should say this before we end it is that, um, any token that is listed on Eclipse, um, is as is. So always do your own research. Um, and so this isn't particularly an endorsement from the useless team. Um, you know, all these legal disclaimer stuff that we just have to say. Um, so with any token, any sort of, uh, of coin or, um, anything that could be considered an investment, just just always um, uh, just do your own research and and make sure that um, you you do your own due diligence to ensure that it's something that you um, are comfortable with or not. Um, but it's great to have you on. I really appreciate you being on here and enjoyed talking with you. And um, I'm sure we'll 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 meet up again and um, have some more discussions. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure and. Uh... We'll be in touch. I can't wait to, uh, you know, let you guys know what new developments we have. And, um, yeah, uh, I'm very much looking forward to working with you guys. Great. Thank you so much, Simon. And if you guys want to know more about Bridge Finance, um, go ahead and check out their Twitter or join their Telegram and look for them in the Eclipse in the All for One app. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys.